Uh, welcome to another episode of As Always. I'm your host, Jared Perkins. I'm very lucky enough to be joined by an incredible guest, Antonio Menendez, right-handed pitcher with the Tampa Bay Rays. Antonio, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you on. Um, just for the viewers, the first question I always kind of kick off with is um, just to give us a little bit of background on yourself, uh, how you got to where you are and kind of your journey through professional baseball. Yeah, I had a roller coaster of a baseball career so far. Um, I'll just touch on little bits and pieces. I wasn't heavily recruited early on in high school and um, finally you know, got an offer from Wake Forest along with uh, 30 other teams kind of all at once. Uh, I was at a perfect game event. Coaches were there to see another player on my team, and I happened to pitch and pitch well, and all of a sudden I had 30 college offers. Um, so next thing you know, I uh, you know, went through the recruiting process of going and visiting different schools and narrowing my choices down, and I picked Wake Forest. Um, show up to Wake and uh, had an okay freshman year. There was a lot of expectation for me, I think, going in um, in terms of my role, and I struggled mentally. It was the first time outside of high school for me to actually struggle on the baseball field. I've never given up a home run in my life up until that point. The first pitch in my college career got hit out. And, you know, certain things like that, it was just constant adversity uh, when I stepped into college baseball. My sophomore year was really good. Um, tried to grow on that under my junior year and COVID shut that down. Mm. So it just, it was the roller coaster of the ups and downs. And then my senior year, um, I really worked hard over COVID, did, didn't stop pushing to try and get better, was up to 97, 98 miles an hour, was throwing the heck out of the ball, was the best I'd ever felt as a pitcher, threw really, really well, was competing with a teammate of mine, Ryan Cusick, to try and be the Friday night guy at Wake. He ended up being a first-round pick, very successful player. We were battling it out, pushing uh, each other to be the best that we could. And uh, the week before the season started, I actually tore my UCL. So rode another high and then tore my UCL. So I missed my entire senior season at Wake, lucky enough to still get drafted, basically after missing two, two years with COVID and TJ, had rehabbed all my Tommy John, and then uh, had my first quote-unquote season with the Rays this past season. Uh, missed about first two months or so, started in low A, was there for about six weeks, five, six weeks, then went to high A for five, six weeks, won a championship in high A, which was awesome. Uh, to continue on with that, they sent me out to the Arizona Fall League, was an all-star out in the Fall League, and even though I had a quote-unquote on paper good, uh, successful trip to the Fall League, it was, again, one of those times where I was like, wow, this is a different level of competition. I was really challenged by the players out there, and I had to kind of look myself in the mirror and figure out with this offseason what I'm going to do to try and get better, to get myself, you know, not just to be successful in high A or double A, to make it to the big leagues and stay there for a long time. Yeah, I, that's incredible. So the one thing that really stuck out to me in your story is like you hit these moments of adversity, but you didn't let them kind of stop you. You kind of it seems like you used them as opportunities to grow, right? To get yourself to that next level, figure out okay, how can I better myself in the game, and figure out how I can push through this. So talk about some of the tools and like tips and tricks that you use to help you get through some of those moments. Yeah, and it's not easy. I mean, I've yeah. done it multiple times in my life where I've had a I've been peaking, and all of a sudden it's a hard crash down. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was super easy to go right back on the, on the, you know, on the right path and keep going. It was, there was times where, you know, I, when I heard about my season being ended because of Tommy John, like I had my family there with me when he found out I was crying my eyes out, you know, I, I didn't know yeah. what to do. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely times that people don't talk about that are very difficult to, 
overcome. But once you realize that every everything happens for a reason, I truly believe that. And every time that something happens, there's an opportunity to take advantage of. So when I had Tommy John, for example, I knew that, okay, I'm going to have an entire year basically off of throwing a brand new elbow. This is going to be a, a chance for me to reinvent myself and come back even better than where I was before. Um, with COVID shutting down my season, I thought, okay, COVID's giving me an opportunity to really train hard so that when I come back to college, I'll be an even better player than I was before. So I try and turn everything in, into a positive light and figure out what opportunities I can take out of it. Because even when something super negative happens, um, there's always something you can take out of it, and manipulate, at least in your mind, to figure out how to turn it into a positive. Yeah, I love that. It's almost like the positive self-talk and trying to figure out mindset and just shifting perspective. Perspective is like huge in terms of figuring out um, what kind of steps we're going to take in our careers. Um, I, I love that that mindset. Uh, going into some of the, the things that you went through, adversity and all those other uh, fun things, um, what's the one thing that you kind of took away, though, when you hit those moments of success? And you're like, oh, okay, this is awesome. This is everything that I've been working for. Like when you made it – got that call to the Arizona Fall League or you're just making it up to the next level, you finally got healthy. And what's some of the biggest takeaways? You're like, ah, this is why I did what I did. Yeah. For me, I don't know if this is a good good trait or a bad trait, but I'm always looking past where I'm currently at. So even though I got the call to go to Arizona, you know, my goal isn't the Arizona Fall League. My goal is the big leagues. And, yeah. and once I get to the big leagues, it's like, oh, you know, I think some guys get complacent wherever they are. My goal once I get to the big leagues isn't, okay, I'm here. It's let me be an all-star. Let me be here for 10, 15 years. So even though I have those moments of like true happiness of, of the fruits of my labor trying finally blossoming, I think you always have to continue to push yourself. Like my dad was always extremely tough on me growing up. Like if I would throw a one hitter, well, what happened with that hit? You know, definitely, <laughs> definitely be excited about throwing the one hitter and having a successful yeah. game. But maybe a day or two after when you go into that work week, okay, what can we do differently to figure that out? What can we continue to improve upon? I think there's always something to improve upon, no matter if you have a masterful outing or not, a masterful performance. There's always something to continue to get better at. I love watching other people play because I can see how successful they are and then try and take things that they're doing and try and implement it into my game. So you do want to acknowledge and pat yourself on the back when things go right. But I think you don't want to get complacent. I see that a lot of guys. Yeah. Uh, and I love that too. Cause it's almost like this, we're always striving for perfection, but no one's ever going to be perfect. And it's kind of yeah. like oh, that kind of mentality every time you kind of go to the next level. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, uh, talking about um, some of the things that you love to do away from the game. So that's another thing we really like to focus on this podcast. Um, it's like that is an awesome journey that's helped uh, to, that has pushed forward on your baseball career, but like, how has it helped you build who you are outside of the game? What are some of the passions that you have away from baseball? Yeah. So one big thing is I was a finance major at Wake Forest. So it was a big mm -hmm. reason why I went to Wake. So um, because of that, I'm always business minded. I always have yeah. something business related going through my head that I want to try and pursue. And sometimes, unfortunately, baseball gets in the way of that, of my time, you know, that I could spend somewhere else. But baseball is my passion. So yeah. I have to pick and choose what I want to do outside. Currently, I have two projects that I'm, I'm really invested in. One, I'm actually starting my own glove company. Oh, very uh, cool. This is a, a long story, but I'll make it short. Basically, I got a glove from a glove company I won't name through my agent. The glove <laughs> broke basically right away. A lot of people use it because it's very customizable. It's cool. 
and it broke right away. I was pissed. So I actually used my resources from what I learned in school, and I called the manufacturers of all the big glove companies in the world. And I said, hey, can you make me a glove? And basically their answer was yes. So I got this really cool glove that was very unique, and I wore it all season. And all of my teammates were like, I want one of those. That's really cool. I slapped my own logo on it. You don't have the big logos of these, you know, companies on it. And I did whatever I wanted. And I'm building a platform with my glove company. My branding is basically that players can use it as a piece of art to represent whatever they want. Um, I think about people with uh, families that, you know, let's just say have breast cancer. And that's something that's very important to the player. They can have the breast cancer ribbon all over the glove. They can represent something important in their life on on their glove as a piece of art and that truly represents them and sometimes i think these big glove companies take away from that and it's mm-hmm. about marketing and having their logos on it so i started my own glove company we're getting ready to launch our uh, new site we were building a custom 3d customizer with the glove and everything on a website i think it's going to be really cool that should be coming out in the next week or two and then the second thing was i built a platform i love to try and learn new things on the side and one of those things is I like to try and learn coding because it's very uh, applicable these days. And I kind of helped to code a Discord page. Basically, that sets a platform for pro players to help coach younger athletes. So younger athletes can join the Discord page and basically people can uh, connect with a professional player. They can link up and talk to them socially or they can actually set up lessons and virtual training. That's awesome. Um, I've been training a couple kids on that. So that one is called Athlete Access. It's on Discord. We have an Instagram as well. And uh, the glove company is called Prospect Gloves. So one that, that'll be launching in about a week or two. That's awesome. We'll definitely have to throw some links in there. Once we... Yeah. <laughs> sure. uh, that's cool that you've just found these. Pet, like, not many people before they get to that stage. Like, but There's guys who don't even think about what they're going to do next outside of baseball before they even get to the end of their career. The fact that you've, you're not even into like, the beginning of your career, basically, and you've already started thinking about these other programs. The other thing I noticed, too, is like you chose your school based on the potential major, where you don't hear that from a lot of athletes either. They kind of choose a school like, oh, this is the best baseball school. But you were like, what's something that can find me an opportunity that potentially – like if baseball doesn't work out, of course you're going to give 100% to baseball, but there's always that, that potential that it might not work out. Um, what made you like kind of focus in on Wake Forest and being like, oh, this is something I want to do outside of the game. This is a really good opportunity. Yeah, going through when I got those 30 offers basically in one week, it was overwhelming because some of those schools were top-notch baseball programs at the time where in Omaha every single year, and some of them were not. And some of them were very educational-based, and some of them were very athletically focused. And I had good coaching by my parents in terms of it's my decision that I'm going to make for myself, but make sure you make the best decision for you and your future. Mm -hmm. And to weigh all of those pros and cons, it wasn't just about baseball. I mean, I love baseball and that was my passion and I planned on being a major league player for 15 years, but you never know what can happen. And I wanted to put myself in the best possible situation for lifelong success. And with Wake Forest, they offered an incredible business program there that I got into, luckily. Um, The baseball was in the ACC, so you have great competition Everything that you have at that school and that university provides a platform for players to improve on the baseball field as well as off the baseball field. So Wake Forest gave me everything that I needed to be a successful human being, a successful baseball player, and a successful scholar. So that's the main reason why I picked that school over others, even though, yes, I would have loved to have won a national championship 
I think personally for my individual growth, Wake Forest put me in a better position for my life than somewhere else. I love that. And I, I think that's maybe one of the first times I've heard that on a podcast and in an interview that I've given that, I mean, that's just so cool. Um, it's been awesome just to kind of learn about your journey. I do want to dive into a couple of fun questions here as you kind of wrap things up. First yep. I got to ask is, did you have a video go viral at some point in a bullpen out of Wake yep. Forest? I got to yes. ask about that. <laughs> yeah. So this actually started from my freshman year, not being so great mentally. I was struggling because basically because I'd never given up a homer before I'd given up a homer and I was scared to throw the ball in the zone because I thought it would get hit. So um, basically when I went to my freshman uh, off season in the Valley league where I played, I, there was a kid that would drink pre-workout before he'd go on a pitch and it said it would get him excited. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm willing to try anything. So I tried that and uh, it worked. You know, I got me excited to pitch. I get back to wake the following year, my sophomore season, Coach Walter calls down in like the fourth inning and yells at me to get ready. Basically, I have the next hitter. So I sprint down to the bullpen. I have to chug my pre-workout as fast as possible. And I don't know what got into me, but I spiked the water bottle as hard as I could. It actually flew up and landed in the trash can in the bullpen. And the pitching, the bullpen coach at the time went crazy. And um, so it went in the trash can. I crow hop a couple down the mound just to get ready to go in the game. And... I guess at the time they had screen, they had recorded that on TV and my parents had called me afterward and they said, Hey, I saw like what happened during the game. Like you warmed <laughs> me up. And I, so I went on my phone and I screen recorded it and I posted it thinking it was funny. And next thing you know, it was on our bar stool. It was posted everywhere. Um, and now that's actually part of my normal routine. Like I have to be excited and amped up to go in and pitch. It gives me the adrenaline I need. So. But you got to do one like every level, every team you play. Just have one out there. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. It's cool, too, because it's like you found a way to kind of release that energy, right? That nervous energy or the anxiety that will go into coming in the mound. Yeah, it might be something that's funny to others. But like for you, that probably like, oh, this helps me get concentrated, ready for that moment that I'm about to face. Yeah, I think it's that's my awesome. on switch for sure. And I get a laugh at Every new team that I go to, I do it, and everyone's pointing and laughing at me, and I love it. But for me, as soon as I drink that pre-workout and I spike it on the ground, like that's my on switch. I am now mentally ready to go into the game, and I think that's important. Everyone has to have something, that, especially when you're sitting in the bullpen, yeah. to get them ready to go into a game. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, just kind of going into the last couple of questions here. The one I always ask guys, um, just because I'm always curious, what's the go-to off-season restaurant when you're getting into that off-season routine? Ooh, off-season restaurant. So for me, it would be Texas Day Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Brazilian steakhouse. Um, you go and they have amazing lobster bisque, all the meat you could ask for, just walking by and taking it off. So that that would be my go-to off-season meal. You go in medium, medium rare, rare on the steak? I'm medium rare with my steak. Nice. Very nice. Yep. The last question I always ask guys too here is um, because for us, we want to provide entertainment for fans and things like that. But we also want this podcast to be a resource for future athletes who might be going through some of the same struggles that you went through with with the mental struggles when you got to college or when they're getting to the pros and trying to make that adjustment, trying to figure out who they are outside of the game. What would be that one piece of advice you have for, for future baseball players who might be facing some of the same struggles that you were facing. Yeah, I would say no matter what pitfalls you're going through or feeling, I think you have to continue to believe in yourself and believe that you're going to get through anything. I think sometimes that positive self-talk that we talked about 
is, isn't talked about enough. I think continuing to believe that you can do it or overcome whatever adversity that you're feeling is the most important thing. I think if you've mentally given up, no matter what else happens, even if things start to roll in your direction, you're going to continue to fall back into those pitfalls. So having a positive self-talk, positive direction, dreaming, and honestly believing that you're going to get to that next level, picturing yourself at whatever your next goal is, and truly imagining that you're going to be there and having that thought in your head at all times is what's going to get you through those pitfalls. Yeah, I love that. And I can tell that you you guys have some amazing mental performance coaches at the Tampa Bay Rays. Like I've met with I've talked with Chris Goodman and a few others and they they're just incredible and it's cool to kind of see players cuz I am assuming that you've embraced the the mental performance coaches to help you kind of get to that next level. And I don't think it's talked about enough how important of a role they're playing in the development of players. It is. It's it's very important. I think sometimes people get on cruise control when they're doing well, they're having success, and they kind of forget about the mental side until all of a sudden they hit a pitfall and they don't know how to handle it. So the mental performance, sometimes you use it as a crutch because when you're you're coasting and you're doing well, you don't really think about it. But as soon as something happens that puts you in that downward spiral, you need something as a crutch to get you back up. Yeah, I love that. This has been one of the best interviews that I think we've ever done. And Antonio, I can't thank you enough for joining us. We're wishing you nothing but the best coming to the 2023 season. And we'll definitely be watching. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.